Our Three Cents is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, please go to greenlitpodcasts.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Three Cents, a podcast celebrating the very finest video games. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined, as always, by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. Discard one energy card attached to Charmander in order to use this attack. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. I'm representing lovely Shiver City. And the mayor there, you know. We are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. Announcement! Announcement! Before we head down Minty's Fifth Avenue, we just want to give a wee little shout out to our YouTube channel. Head to YouTube, search for Our Three Cents, and you'll find our amazing video content. There are some brilliant mini documentaries from Chris all about the history and lineage of video games. There are the Our Three Cents approved videos covering the games that are featured on all three of our lists. Minty and I have Inky Dunk videos on there with our Binding of Isaac streaming content. And fresh in the last couple of weeks is my latest streaming activity entitled Jonathan's Adventures in Wonderworld where I have played through and completed Balan Wonderworld to see whether Chris's 5 out of 10 ranking was hugely generous or whether it is the abomination that everyone else says it is. <laughs> Head over to YouTube, search for Our Three Cents, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like the videos, share them about the place. And we also have a Patreon page where you can pledge a few pennies of monetary support to help us develop the podcast, create all this wonderful content for you to enjoy and expand to new realms of podcastery. And in exchange for pledging pennies to the pod, you can get some perfectly positive podcast perks, such as deleted scenes and outtakes, full bonus episodes, including a special with legendary video game vocalist TJ Davis. And you can also get access to the Hour Three Cents Discord channel, which is exclusive to Patreon subscribers. We also have all of our special guests uh, on the Discord as well, such as JP, the guys from RNG Party and Robbie Studios, TJ, guys from Sequel Cast Podcasts, and and some some guests for some upcoming specials that we haven't even revealed yet. So if you want to chat with those guys, it is a well, it's, it's it's a very good place to come to to do that. So this week we have Minty's fifth favorite video game of all time. I can't wait! I can't wait! I can't wait! <laughs> But before we do that... But before we do that... Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. To level the playing field for our dear Quizmaster Jonathan Dunn, I've been coming up with some cryptic questions every week, each worth 50 points. (laughs) So are you ready for this week's question, Jonathan? Yes, I am. Okay. If I went up to Ryu and I said, could I please see your rising dragon fist? What would he say to me? Oh, He'd simply say... Sure you can. <laughs> You're correct. 100 points. <laughs> That's a good impression. Marvellous. So with me out in the lead by a whopping 34 points now, Minty and Chris, you're still very, very close. There's one point that separates you. The point in, in the lead is Minty's point. So let's see what happens in this round. So this week's quiz round is similar to the Super Synonym Brothers round that we did where I switched out the words of video game titles for a a synonym of that word. Uh, And this game is the opposite of that. It is Super Antonym Brothers, where I have switched out (laughs) the words of video game titles for their antonyms, as in the opposite of those (sighs) words. Now, these are all games from my list. And uh, I've decided I'm not going to do a fastest finger first with this. So I'm going to give you three each. 
but the other person will have a chance to steal that point if you don't know it. Okay? Okay. I think I'm getting a big fat zero this week. <laughs> Queen. first deep breath mario's first hovel okay um luigi's mansion 2 that is the correct answer well done chris amazing well done minty yeah george pacifist beauties george if you were fighting george who would be on the opposite side think of it like that bungle Of course, the opposite of George is the dragon. Oh. George of the dragon. Oh. Dragon warrior dragon monsters. Warrior monsters. Oh, oh, my goodness. Chris's second question. You ready? Yep. Birthing pool, protector, breakup. Birthing pool, protector, breakup. A graveyard, a coffin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Please tell me. The answer is the opposite of a burning pool. You're so close, Chris. It wasn't a graveyard. It wasn't a coffin. It's a tomb. Oh, was it Tomb Raider? Uh, and the opposite of a breakup, an anniversary. Oh, I couldn't think of the name <laughs> the game was called. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Minty's second question. Ice, locality, bequeath. Steam, <gasps> world, heist. Yeah! Fuck. Fuck. I had that one. Well done. I actually had that one. Did you? Yeah. Chris. Yes. Awful, serious, cube. Serious. Super monkey ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Okay. Last one for Minty to uh, to pull it back level for this round. You ready, Minty? Yeah, I'm ready. The beginning is distant. The end is nigh. There we go. Well done. Well, two points each from that round. I'm impressed, to be honest. Thus making that round totally null and void. But <laughs> Minty now leads 68 points to 67. Oh, uh, I'm so going to tell close. you now that next week's quiz round is, without a doubt, the best one I've done. Psych yourselves <laughs> up, because I'm not disappointing. Okay. So, we have had another question come in from the social media sphere. Uh, Mike Williams has asked us, if you could completely wipe your brain and forget one game so you could play it anew, what would it be? Now, I'm tempted to say Balan Wonderworld, uh, but that wouldn't be so I could play it again afresh. It would be to permanently purge myself of its effects on my life. But I guess that's just going to have to stay with me. Uh, so, so like, I mean, much like films that have like a big plot twist or a mystery uh, sort of element to it, once you've seen it, you won't ever be able to watch it in the same light again. And obviously that's not to say that those films aren't, you know, rewatchable. Uh, there are many, many great films that, you know, do that and they're but they've also peppered clues throughout the film that you can enjoy spotting you know a second time through with that knowledge in mind but because games are an interactive medium those games that are built around mystery and discovery and puzzle solving they're they're probably not going to have the same effect the second time through because you're just going through the motions Uh, and that's why i I want to erase playing the witness from my memory and play it all again yeah Yeah. i mean that game was is one of the most impactful video gaming experiences i've ever had the the sense of journey and discovery is unlike anything i'd I'd played before and it was 
It's just masterful and extraordinary. Like, I've thought about the game... I mean, I think about the game a lot, to be honest, just anyway. And I, But I have thought about it since since it appeared on my list. And I do wonder whether or not it actually appeared too low. Because I think if, if, it, if this was a list of like games that we think are objectively the best games, I think The Witness would be top five. Because it really is absolutely outstanding. I mean, I said that when I played Outer Wilds, that was the first time I'd experienced anything like that sensation again. It really is a a, a very rare and brilliant thing to capture. But I would make a small caveat that I would also have to wipe it from your two brains as well uh, so that we could all discover (laughs) it together. Because like playing it over Chris's watchful eye and having Minty help me solving the puzzles, that elevated that game to a place of, of, of... of a personal poignancy that I would, well, ideally love to experience again. What about you guys? Uh, Minty, what game would you like to Eternal Sunshine? (laughs) (laughs) I've got two for different reasons. My first one would be Bioshock Infinite. Oh, I, I mentioned this when it was my 95th, was it 95th, 96th favorite video game? It was somewhere low down there. Yeah, I remember, well, you'll remember, uh, <laughs> listeners at home, you remember that um, I, I played it uh, to play it, I played it to complete it, to enjoy it as a as a good first-person shooter with these, with these wonderful uh, set pieces up in the sky and that, that big old bird and all the rest of it. And as, as escapism, as something that I could just uh, trundle through and, uh, and, and enjoy on that, on that level, it was great, and that's why it was so low down on my list, uh, much to much to Jonathan's dismay. So, I think I would want to get rid of that from my head to uh, to play it afresh, and maybe I'll just write myself a little hand, maybe just write myself a little note saying something like, "Go deep on the law." <laughs> maybe I'll do it in somebody else's handwriting, so it can be a little. Um, no, I'll ask somebody else to do it for me. What a stupid idea. <laughs> so that I've got that nice sort of uh, that 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 aspect of mystery as well. Because um, yeah, listening to you talk about it, Jonathan, and all the things that I missed, I was like, oh, wow, we. I know the basic story beats of it, so that's something that's uh, forever going to be lost to me, unfortunately. So that would be my first pick, and I think my second one, which will be the one that I just want to play and experience and completely fall in love with all over again i think it's got to be final fantasy 6 Ooh. i don't know why i landed on this one but it's just it's it's got such such an incredible heritage and such a such a wonderful richness to it that um that belies the the fact that it was on the super nintendo a fairly by today's standards a fairly simplistic console it's just such an extraordinary expansive story there is so much that you can do there are so many um there are so many branching storylines and side quests and just uncovering it all it's like oh it's, it's just wonderful it's like it's like digging for treasure on the beach and there's so much treasure on the beach. Nope, it's not like digging for treasure on the beach. It's like finding a load of good rocks on the beach. <laughs> Even better. You hardly ever find buried treasure, but, you know, you'll go to a good pebble beach. Ah, oh, this one's a really nice colour. This one's a cool shape. This one's got a fossil. This one sparkles in the sun. All of these things, it just, it, it's constant. There are so many things. And, and before you know it, your coat is weighed down and you can hardly move. <laughs> And I think it's like that playing Final Fantasy VI. There's just so much to it. Way easier down in the shallows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are my two picks, I think. 
Excellent. How about you, Chris? It's not a game as such, but like a whole platform in in a way. Because I, I wish I could have my first proper evening of VR over again. Ah, oh, yeah. Like the, the very first time I experienced VR at all was on a, a sweaty, low-res, first-generation Oculus headset at a Eurogamer Expo. And I played five minutes of Surgeon Simulator after queuing for about 100 years. <laughs> and it was fun, but that, that setting wasn't really the best way to get a proper feeling for the thing. And then fast forward a few years and at a friend's stag weekend, I got to play on the then newly launched PlayStation VR and it just, it blew me away. Like I I arrived at the party (laughs) earlier than most people. I popped the headset on. I had a blast of like the demos in PlayStation Worlds. I played uh, a few tracks of Drive Club VR. I played the Astrobot rescue section of, of the playroom and when I took the thing off, I, I saw like a whole crowd of new arrivals staring at me. And I don't know how long I was in there for. <laughs> like it, it, was, it was the first time I really felt and understood how transformative VR can feel. And it's sad in a way that over time, the more you become au fait with the tech and its limitations and what it does and what it doesn't do, that that initial sense of wonder starts to wear off a little bit. So you might enjoy games more because you can actually focus on the game, but the experience itself is kind of watered down over time. And like when, when I first took off that headset, someone handed me a beer and welcomed me really sarcastically back to reality. <laughs> but nowadays, like after earning, after earning my VR legs, so to speak, even the best, most immersive virtual experience doesn't quite offer that same sense of just total transportation and disconnect that I felt then. So... Yeah, I, I would love to do that again. The first time to really experience tech, just so alien to what I was used to. But, you know, to, to really stick your teeth into it, to to have a proper play. So, yeah, maybe one day if I get a bump on the head. Maybe not too big a bump, though. You may be able to fit the headset on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Hopefully that answers your question, Mike. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Uh, if anybody else has any questions that you'd like us to discuss on a future episode... Please do get in touch with us on our social media channels. <laughs> so, what have we played this week? Minty, what have you played this week? So, in addition to the uh, the three uh, mystery-themed games I've played, which will be coming up on a bonus episode in the not-too-distant future, uh, I have been enjoying some Oculus Quest 2, oh. which is the... Uh, it, 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 oh, it's, it's, it's the new... It's the hip new thing, isn't it? The, uh, the VR headsets <laughs> that... That you can put on and do VR, and it's great. Wowie! Like I don't know if I mentioned this um, when we talked to somebody else in another upcoming episode, but <laughs> whereas I would have appreciated perhaps a uh, tutorial for the game we talked about, um, it took a little while for the headset itself to become comfortable through both of the straps being adjusted in such a way that it didn't literally cut off the blood supply to my scalp and made, <laughs> made it go numb. Oh dear. But once I got past that roadblock, well, me and, <laughs> me and uh, Mrs. Minty, we've both played, to completion, uh, The Room VR, A Dark Matter. Ooh, how was it? First of all, we went in with high expectations because we both love point-and-click games. We do them on the uh, on the iPads. Um, we we played Nairi Tower of Shirin a couple of weeks ago, and this was what oh, this was a mesmerizing experience. It's oh. not just in like you had all of these enormous elaborate set pieces like uh, like a, a 
a huge empty cathedral, a massive like back room in in an Egyptian museum. So you had this just these vast expanses to just before you even got to a puzzle, just to sort of look up and look around and just think, wow, this like this could easily just have been like a small room with a with a with a normal uh, heighted ceiling, but everything is just massive and. These are not places that you would uh, normally find yourself in, like well, maybe not the museum, but um, or well, no, or the church for that matter, because we've not been able to go to any of these places um, uh, during the lockdown and uh, during the pandemic, etc. It was just so lovely to go back, uh, back to a cathedral and back to a museum, like and into a witch's hut, which I thought was, <laughs> was lovely as well. It's nice to get back into those, isn't it? Love them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there's nothing like just going on a ramble in the woods and coming across a spooky <laughs> hut at twilight. There's nobody in there but an ominous bubbling cauldron that you have to put things like um, random ingredients and beetles into to unlock a portal. I, honestly, these are the things that I miss most. and I'm really excited <laughs> for them to come back into vogue once, um, once things uh, open up again. So yeah, the, the, the geography is incredible and it's just... I think uh, I think there's a real sense of wonder for me. Things that they, they could just be normal rooms, and the focus could be on the puzzle. So I think um, I think they did a fantastic job in making uh, making the place as much a character as um, and much an aspect of the game as the puzzles themselves, which are also great. Some of them are a little bit like, oh, how am I meant to figure that out? But I just yeah, I just really love the viscerality of it. Like you you've got these two fun things that you can use to. I grip a rope and pull it or and turn a thing and just it was like it was like being in an escape room which is another thing that I missed so yeah it's just incredible it's it's, it's really opened my eyes to what to what VR can do uh, we played a bit of Tetris effect as well which is oh just an, an incredible immersive experience really really beautiful but it is still sort of uh, it is still buttons and sticks, even though you've got all this wonderful stuff happening around you, like manta rays made of light and big sort of steampunk structures in the sky. So to really enjoy a game that was, I guess, sort of hands on in that aspect, I really, really enjoyed that. How about you, Chris? What have you played this last week? This calendar week, I've played a little bit of Earth Defense Force. I've played a little bit of Glyph. Uh, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm on the 3DS, a surprisingly great oh, yeah. rhythm game that I just had a hankering to dig out of the cupboard again for the first time in years. I've also played a little bit of a few scrolling shoot-em-ups because I recently bought a, a little arcade stick to, to just try and get the arcade experience back, even though I can't really visit in person at the moment. So I've, I've played a, a little bit of a vertically scrolling shooter called Caladrius Blaze, a bit of a side-scrolling shooter called Darius Burst, like lots of stupid names. All great names for drag stars. <laughs> <laughs> just, just lots of silly names that essentially just translate to shoot the things and avoid the things. And they obviously have slightly different aesthetics, but quite fun. After we recorded our last episode and that went out, uh, I listened to it with Georgia and she immediately asked if she could play Mario Odyssey. Oh, and the dream. It's, it's been fun to see her get a hand on how to control Cappy and how to negotiate the big open worlds of the game. And I'd love to play through it again myself as well, but I just, I don't quite have the time at the moment to commit to that. 
but seeing her kind of you know start to enjoy it and even as someone who maybe hasn't played a hundred mario games before has been really nice and the one other game i did want to bring up in a little more detail was a title called circuit dude on the switch and it's an eShop game it was on super deep discount like they so often are and as is so often the way i grabbed it just because it was there and because after a gold point saving, it probably ran me about 10 pence. <laughs> and like, if, if you've ever played a game like Chips Challenge, like I mentioned the other week as I was playing it on the Evercade, or indeed if you've played any kind of uh, sort of 2D puzzle game where you're moving a character around like Sokoban or any sort of Sokoban inspired puzzle game really over the last 30 years, you'll know what to expect. So you control a character, you're, you're making it through puzzle stages and flicking switches, collecting items, pushing boxes, navigating one-way doors and conveyors. Like it's already simple stuff, but those sort of games are always quite engaging if you're in the right mood. And this game probably wouldn't have made mention if I hadn't played it with Georgia quite late into the evening a few nights ago after she'd had a few drinks <laughs> because attempting to solve these puzzle stages was infinitely more enjoyable and frustrating in equal measure in that context. <laughs> so I, I was trying to kind of instruct her what to do as she was holding the pad and sitting there going, right, okay, you, you want to go two steps down, then one step to the right. No, that, that that's your left. Okay, restart the stage. Don't worry, we'll do it again. <laughs> we'll do it again. Okay, two steps down, one to the right. Yep. Yeah, why are you moving up? <laughs> and and coupled with the fact as well that the whole time we were playing, Georgia kept telling me, this is just like that game Bobby Carrot, as if I should have an implicit deep knowledge of what Bobby Carrot was. <laughs> to be fair, it sounds exactly like something you would put 70 hours into. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't, don't yeah, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, will I play more of the game? Maybe. Is it, uh, certainly next time we've had a couple of drinks, I'll, I'll let Georgia have a go again and see how we do, because it, it was a lot of fun. And, and that's been it, really. That's all I've played. Well, there we go. I, I too, was inspired by your Super Mario Odyssey and uh, decided to cash in some of my CEX credit and uh, order a copy of it so I can play it again. Because, like I said, I, I, I owned it for four days um, <laughs> and it's one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. I'm really wanting to, um, to give that another go and I, I cannot wait. I really can't wait to do that. The other reason why I'm so excited to play it is because I think that it is because you know we've said before that it is that it's the very best a 3d platformer can be can you see where i'm going with this segue because my <laughs> gaming activity has actually been on the other end of the spectrum because i have completed my playthrough of ball and wonder world and i am phenomenally thrilled that it's over it was a hateful miserable experience throughout and i'll be glad to never play it again the music was great i really like the art style and some of the aesthetic design choices and the boss fights would have been okay in a gamecube game maybe <laughs> however the dreadfully thought out and executed game mechanics and tawdry level design totally sinks the ship it is a bad game chris it is not a five out of ten game it is at best a three out of ten game oh. And there really is nothing in it that I can recommend, especially if the soundtrack is released as a separate thing, then there's zero point to play any frame of this game. Awful. <laughs> but um, hopefully, uh, hopefully fun to watch my misery in my playthrough on our YouTube channel. So do please check that out. And um, oh, it's awful. Just awful. <laughs> like, to be fair, the levels did get a bit better. There were some more fun costumes, but it didn't matter because the overall setup of the game... 
was so shit. <laughs> but other than that, I haven't played much else because I've had a pretty full-on week with uh, one thing or another. But I, I have sampled a, a, a triptych of mobile games, which uh, has mostly been a positive experience. So firstly, I, I found a, a little game called All of You, which is a, a very sweet little puzzle game that I think is actually quite hard to describe, but I'm going to try. So the premise is you are a mother hen rounding up all your chicks who have got lost and and you need to navigate different scenarios to avoid hazards and reach your chicks. But the way the game works is that it will sort of present these scenarios as an exhibition of circles displaying fragments of that scene, almost like you're looking through peepholes. Mm. And you can pause or play these different circles of activity separately from, from, from the others. So you can basically, you have control over the passage of time in these different areas of this scenario your hen will always walk forwards so you may start by pressing play on the, on the first circle and the hen will walk out of frame you press play on the circle next to it and the hen will continue to walk through but maybe above that circle is a circle featuring a man peering out from a bush who will uh, <laughs> capture the hen if, if he sees you however if you press play on his circle uh, he'll be keeping a watchful eye but he will occasionally blink so if you pause the circle when he's mid-blink and he has his eyes closed, then you can press play on the circle below to allow the hen to pass unseen and onto the last circle where the chick is. Oh, oh uh, that's, cool. That's an example of one of the levels. It, it is a really, really fun little game, which makes you use your brain just in a slightly different way to other puzzle games. So that's that's been really nice, and that's been easy just to sort of dip into. I also picked up a mobile game on the recommendation of one of our future special guests, a legendary video games programmer who, uh, who yes, we have interviewed recently for an upcoming special episode and he said he'd been uh, playing this great little pinball game on his iPhone called Infinity Pinball and it's a very simple little game it, it feels almost exactly like Kirby's Pinball Land or some other 4 or 8 bit pinball game and it's presented as such with lovely pixel art and you'll start in sort of, you know, one little pinball table. And if you hit your ball up off the top of the screen, you'll continue to the next pinball table and keep going higher and higher and higher. And as the name of the game implies, these tables can go on for infinity <laughs> with uh, procedurally generated pinball tables for days. I mean, there's loads of different themes for different tables as well. So uh, and you can collect coins to unlock more skins and different balls. It's very, very simple in its setup. But crucially, it just it feels very nice to play. You tap on the left of the screen, you flick the left paddle, and you tap the right to swing the right one. And the rest is down to you and your timing and your capacity for nuance within that. But it, yeah, it's a really, really nice little time sink. It's it's just so easy to pick up and play uh, and do a few runs, earn a few coins, unlock a few more bits and just enjoy the, the you know, the great style. Uh, pixel art, it's got a lovely sort of synthwave soundtrack and it's free with incredibly unobtrusive ads that you can pay to remove for a couple of quid. So you may as well give it a go. And it is, yeah, it's a really, really good little game. So thank you for the recommendation of that one the other game i've been playing nay obsessed with is i would say the best game i've played on apple arcade since grindstone Ooh. and it's a little action puzzle game called sping but with an exclamation mark as the i so sp i think is how it's pronounced <laughs> it's a game that describes itself as a joyful game of flow it's very, very simple. Again, it's a bit tricky to describe, but I'll, I'll try. You basically spawn into a 2D stage uh, as a ball and gravity pulling you down. And you can then grab onto certain anchor points, which will then see you orbit them, essentially. And then you use your momentum and physics and lots of other elements to collect the gems in the, uh, in the stage and reach the goal. It sounds very simple. 
but it is incredibly fun to play. It is simple, but its central mechanic is very fun to control. And the other gameplay elements and mechanics that are introduced throughout the levels are really, really fun. So it's just it's just so satisfying to crack a level, get the path just right, get the sort of the entry and exit points from your from your little orbits just right to collect the string of gems, plunge into the goal. Oh, it's it is tasty. Like if you've got Apple Arcade, do yourself a favor, download it. Like I've well, I finished all the levels um, of which there's I think there's 252 at the moment, and I'm going back through and 100%ing them, and I've got a couple more, <laughs> a couple more of those to do. <laughs> but then there's 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 loads of themes and skins to unlock, uh, which are all really really gorgeously designed. Uh, there's even daily challenges and some uh, harder gameplay modes as well. Like there's loads in the game, and apparently they're you know they're they're working on more level packs uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean I can't recommend it highly enough. Superb mobile game. Uh, uh, crucially, you can play it in portrait mode and with one hand, so it's ideal for playing whilst looking after a little baby. Absolutely brilliant. That's pretty much been my week. I've done a, a couple of couple of runs on Returnal, a couple of runs on Undermine, as I mentioned last week, and I've, I've started playing a little bit more of Resident Evil Village. And uh, now that I've got Balan Wonderworld out of the fucking way i I feel i can (laughs) properly dive into uh, resident evil now which is nice top stuff so why are we here this week this week we have gathered to hear what minty's fifth favorite video game of all time is it's as simple as that i was gonna fluff it up a bit but there's no need Hmm. minty please take it away well this is it folks this is the one you've all been waiting for the game that i can point to when somebody asks minty Why is it that you like RPGs so much? Where did you get the taste for a plucky young hero, motivated by tragic events, overcoming great evil in the world, clearing dungeons and vanquishing stronger and stronger foes, aided by the power of good, sealed away by the all-powerful antagonist in convenient MacGuffin-sized chunks? What's the deal with you busting a nut over menus and inventory pages? If you could pinpoint the moments you realised that one of the best things in gaming for you is finding a new piece of equipment in a dungeon, finally being able to progress past all those dead ends you saw on your way in, but also remembering places in the overworld to use your new toy, letting exploration bloom like a delicate flower in the summer sun, or spread like a hunk of moss on a log. What was the game, Minty, that opened your eyes to the wonders of text boxes, character dialogue, signposts, the... The, the narrative nuance that existed outside of button inputs and boss fighting. Well, here we go. That's the one we've all been waiting for. The glorious 2D adventure. The game that opened the world's eyes to one of the greatest franchises in the world. It's the one, the only, Paper Mario. <laughs> oh, we can have another five weeks of this, aren't we? Just continually building up to Zelda. <laughs> for me paper mario is i think the most compactly designed and cohesive game that i have ever played in my entire life flat packed (laughs) let's go right to the beginning um this game is the perfect example of how you do an opening well let's let's go back to super mario 64 mario jumps out the pipe he sees a lakitu with the camera he goes into the castle and a text box comes up saying, nobody's here, get lost. And that's it. It's not the most grandiose entrance for what is probably one of the most important 3D games of all time. But let's contrast this with Paper Mario. 
um, you start off in Mario's house. You get a letter from a character that will join your team a couple of chapters down the line, inviting you to a grand banquet at Peach's Castle instead of just a, oh, do you want to come over for some cake? <laughs> so you and Luigi make your way over. Uh, you go through the hub level, Toad Town, you pass all the characters that are there and you can interact with um, as the game goes on. And then you get into the castle, which is completely chock full of visiting foreign dignitaries, including the mayor of Shiver City. Oh, uh, there he is. Yeah, in the first five or ten minutes of the game. However, unwittingly, you have gotten a, just a slight glimpse of every single level, and every single city and biome that you're going to go into as the story progresses. It's not just, uh, oh, you've been thrust into the game because Peach has been kidnapped. You actually see Princess Peach. Uh, you, you go up to the terrace and you have um, and, and you have a, a little moment together, which is, of course, interrupted by Bowser, who comes in on the clown Aww. car. Uh, he's stolen the, the magical star rod from Star Haven, which grants the holder wishes which the, uh, the star spirits of, uh, of, of the Mushroom Kingdom use to grant good wishes to people. But now he's evil and he's got this, this thing. So naturally, he wants to become invincible to finally put pay to that pesky plumber who keeps, uh, who keeps foiling his plans. Oh, it's Mario, isn't it? Yeah. So you, uh. you start the, uh, the combat tutorial fighting the final boss. <laughs> another another uh, cohesive element, which we love so much. So it's like, oh, yeah, just, just press A to jump on him, press B to use the hammer. Oh, now he's invincible, so you can't do that anymore. And he breathes fire on you and knocks you out the window. Kidnaps Peach. You see it all happen. You realise what the stakes are, just how much of a an insurmountable monster that Bowser has become instead of just being like, oh, I wonder what he's going to look like when I get to Castle 8 this time around. So already you're invested in the stakes because you've seen them happen. He's used uh, the power of the rod to, to dig up peach's castle in its entirety on top of his castle and push it up into the sky it's 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 wild just seeing it happen especially on such a huge scale it's wild as the story progresses and you keep coming back to toad town after each level uh, you realize that oh everywhere that i could have been has been hinted at all along even as i've just been playing it and going through to different worlds there are, there are some areas um, that are roadblocked, as is the way in such games as this. But from pretty much the get-go, you can walk around, you can see, oh, there's a, there's a fellow here that won't let you go into the forest uh, for some reason. But also, he's very scared of ghosts. And then when you come back from the desert level, you hear him scream and a ghost just flutter off screen. In, in 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 a way that was quite spooky actually when I first played it, <laughs> and he said, "Oh Mario, this is this has got to end. Can you please go into the forbidden forest and find out what's going on?" Chapter three starts. It's excellent. Um, there's you can go into a room and there's some different music playing. Okay, well this is just a room for now. Okay, now that I've got uh, this particular item from this particular world. Now I can move into chapter four. It's just all these little, just these little sprinkles of hints of what's to come next. It's just, it's, it's excellent. It's so, it's so dense and so compact. It really is just, just wonderful. There's also the, 
interludes between each of the Mario controlled uh, levels where you're going to each of the different worlds and rescuing the star spirits where you play as Princess Peach, who is kidnapped and held hostage in her castle. And going back to the, that idea of um, just having everything foreshadowed as the game progresses, they use this opportunity to have you control Peach and perhaps uh, sneak into Bowser's room and read his diary to figure out where the next star spirit is being held. So it's not just, oh, you've, you've, beaten, you've beaten the boss in the grassland, now it's time to go to the desert. You get given um, an, an in-game hint, a diegetic hint, I should say. It's not just signposted, it's, uh, it's oh, Mario, uh, I've, sent, I've sent down my little uh, star companion to tell you what I found out. And you control this. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And then you can sneak about in the castle and avoid uh, all the coup patrols in these stealth sections. It's just, another, it's just another level of gameplay that really nice, really great to play. Now, the combat in this game as well is really quite masterful. It's very simplistic. You have two things that you can do, jump or hit things with your hammer. But in that, you also get uh, power-ups in the form of badges, which either give you a new ability to do with your jump or your hammer, or just a, just a, a straight power boost. There are some things that you can do like, oh, this enemy has spikes, so I can't jump on him because I'll, 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 I'll get hurt and I'll get a hole in my shoe and such things as that. But then you can equip the spike shield badge, which allows you to jump on them. And then you can use that to hit enemies who have spikes and are flying. Because you can't do that with your hammer, because you only hit things on the ground. So that gives a nice little uh, extra dynamic to the combat. And there's also the action command as well, which uh, allows you to press buttons at crucial points, or give the, uh, give the control stick a rhythmic tug to <laughs> increase your damage. It's, it's it's great. It just adds another dimension to uh, combat, which in so many RPGs is just point that thing that you want to hurt, and your character will do it. it. Just takes it a little step further. Speaking of taking things a little further, the last thing I want to talk about is the Toad Town sewers. Ooh. I don't know what it is about the Paper Mario games, but they do sewers incredibly well. Obviously, <laughs> obviously the Mario games have. Um, have a vested interest in doing sewer levels on account of um, Mario having an anus. <laughs> <laughs> Every single Paper Mario game does sewers very, very well. Super Paper Mario has the best sewers, but the thing that makes Paper Mario's sewers the best is they're not just levels. They're not, they're not just places that you have to um, uh, fight enemies to progress through. That's where the fast travel system is. Okay. So instead of just being like, oh, open up the map and you can go to Yoshi's Island, you have to go through the sewers and find the specific pipe that lets you go there, which you can only unlock once you've got, say, the, the super hammer from the second level or the super boots from level four, etc., etc. So it's just every single thing that you, you take for granted these days that is just a, a, a button click away or just a, a thing in the menu you you had to work for it. You had to play for it, which I it, it's just it's it's kind of lost in um, in modern games. I think that's it. That's Paper Mario, my fifth favorite video game. A game that is endlessly playable. Well, not endlessly because the level cap is twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to play Paper Mario. 
I mean, I've I've heard you you now talk about most of the series, Minty. So I I feel like I've got a, a weird vested interest in it now mm. because I've heard I've heard enough about it. Always well going in reverse, essentially starting with weaker entries and then building to this as the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should I should just get a copy. Well, I can't buy a copy. They're about so, a million yeah. pounds, but I I should find a way of playing it uh, and and give it a go because um, it's it's relatively short, isn't it? The first Paper Mario, in at least in yeah, comparison it's... to other big RPGs. Yeah, probably about twenty hours. I could stretch to that. How many hours did you put into Genshin Impact, Chris? <laughs> oh, at least, oh, well, fifty plus yeah. at least, probably more. I think it's the purest Mario experience outside of the of the platforming games because it doesn't deviate too far from the uh, from I guess the uh, the Mario uh, cinematic universe, the MCU, like, um, like Super Paper Mario or Thousand Year Door did with with the X Noughts and Count Black. Everything that you well, with the exception of I guess of maybe the flower fields, but everything in Paper Mario, the first one, is stuff that you would find in like the main Mario games. There's there's piranha plants, there's Goombas, there's Koopa Troopers, and it it fleshes them out. The boos, for example, um, they're <laughs> not just they're not just ghosts that you that you fight. Um, they're good guys in this game. They they live in a big spooky manor and the gusty gulch. And they're being menaced by uh, Invincible Tubba Blubber in Chapter 3, who is also <laughs> guarding Star Spirits. So you defeat Tubba Blubber, you get the, the Star Spirit, and then you also um, save all the booze. It just takes Mario a step further as well for me, outside of um, you know, more polished gameplay and, uh, and better games. Better stories for the, ma- for the characters in the Mario universe. It's, it really is remarkable. It's wonderful. Something I am intrigued to know is this was the first Paper Mario game. This was their first foray into making Mario flat, right? Yes, it's the first Paper Mario flat Mario, yes. <laughs> Do they ever allude to why it's presented in that style? in the game or is it just simply just a stylistic thing that's just never never mentioned i think it's a stylistic thing and um the the, the japanese name for the game is mario story ah yes the, the motif through um most of the series actually is as as you boot up the game it opens up uh, a, a large storybook which is <clears throat> today I'm going to tell you about the legend of uh, of the seven star spirits or the seven crystal stars and the thousand year door etc so I think that's where the um the paper aspect comes from uh-huh they weren't flat in Mario RPG no or isometric they they were, they were going for something decidedly unflat in that regard I guess they were papery because they were part of a book ah okay yeah that makes sense in mm. in its own little way yeah fantastic what an absolute delight to hear about the game it's one i've not played but i I played the original super mario rpg and i've played paper mario thousand year door and i played obviously played the origami king just in the last year or so Mm. what a delightful series what yeah and to get to hear you talk about it has been very very cool very cool indeed so there we go that was minty's fifth favorite video game of all time and it was Paper Mario, the Paper Mario. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this 
episode or if indeed you've enjoyed any of our episodes please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already what are you doing share the podcast on social media we really appreciate it when we see people doing that and do get in touch with us you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash our three cents or on instagram at o3c podcast you can find our videos on youtube search for our three cents chat to us on there tell us about what games you're playing ask us questions you might like us to answer in a future episode or you can reach out to us individually. You can find me on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. You can find me at Chaz underscore Hodges. And you better believe that you can find me at Clement underscore Boom. Boom. If you're really enjoying what we're doing, then please do check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash our3cents, and consider pledging a few pennies towards our hard and valiant efforts in creating such extraordinary content for you. (laughs) And please do join us next week, where I will be telling you what my fifth favourite video game of all time is. Wowzers. Bowsers. Great stuff. sponsor and now a word from our sponsor and now a word from our sponsor video death loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore along the way we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy you can jump in on any episode no need to worry about continuity check out video death loop on the greenlit podcast network with new episodes every friday hi i'm steve and I'm JP, and we host a little podcast called Whatever, Whatever Nerd, a bi-weekly nerd culture podcast where we talk about subjects such as games, comics, movies, voice acting, and did I mention games? You did. Join us every other Tuesday at whatevernerd.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>